0: We'll be talking about the Zach Taylor effect on the draft. Also, we'll be talking Burroughs' interview and much more with the Ravens coming up next on the Cincinnati podcast. Yes. Sir, Hello, world. We got a special show as always. TJ is out of Jimmy Chase, Coach Jimmy Burrow. How do you balance being a professional athlete and family? I believe he's your top five Bengals of all time. All time, man. Is- yes. Shock the world. Welcome to the Cincinnati podcast. I am your host Ace Boogie. My good friend Zim and partner is out tonight. It's his birthday, so if you see him out there on those Twitter streets at Zim Hude, or if you see him in real life, please be sure to wish that man a happy birthday. Shout out to my man Greg Luther in the comments already giving him a shout out there. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a show. With your boy Ace tonight, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to first get into some of the comments from the Joe Burrow interview that he did with Chris Sims. We'll next get into a look back at the Bengals draft, what they've done within the draft era. With this being the NBA draft tonight, we felt like it was good to go there. And then we'll also get into, obviously, the Ravens continuing that schedule matchup as well. Um, So starting this one off. Uh, We are going to start with the Joe Burrow, Chris Sims interview. So there was a lot of things that they touched on uh, in this interview. And one of the things really was the pressure moments. And Joe, as we know, he's as cold as ice. He does his thing all the time. He said that those are the moments that he gets in his zone Um, and We talk about Joe and how he's not the average guy and not your typical quarterback. And that's what really separates Joe from the pack, if we're just being honest. Like, one, that moment is huge, just like the Kansas City game, just like the Tennessee game. That is when he rises to the occasion. And I feel like that is when he becomes a different animal. And a lot of quarterbacks can't do that. We saw Ryan Tannehill fold in those moments. We've seen Andy Dalton fold in those moments. We've seen Carson Palmer fold in those moments. So I think that's something that really separates him away from the other guys. Then he also talked about uh, whether he doubts himself and and stuff like that. And he said that there were definitely times that he thought about updating his resume. So like you go back to the Ohio State, that's probably a year where he kind of thought and had some doubts about himself, especially in the situation that he was in there. You think about the injury and things of that nature. So this is a guy that not only has a ton of confidence, but is also human. He also has that, uh, that side of him as well. Um, and then they also talked about uh, sports as a kid. We all know that Joe Burrow was a huge fan and a huge basketball player. He actually thought that, you know, he would be going pro in basketball. Uh, but that is something that he has definitely shared an interest in. So he kind of expounded on that in this interview as well. I think that it was just a dope interview because you got to connect with Joe Burrow and see sides of him that you may not have seen in other interviews, Uh, sides of him being confident, sides of him being uncomfortable. So I think all in all, it's a great interview. You should definitely check it out. I believe it's on the Chris Sims Unbuttoned uh, podcast. So definitely check that out. But uh, other than that, We're going to next move into the drafts over the years and looking at the Zach Taylor drafts. And if you're following us here on YouTube, you can actually see this. And if you're not subscribed, please be sure to hit that subscribe button on the Winson YouTube channel. We truly appreciate that. Like that video. Hit that alert button. We also just had the Bengals post drop off a new episode. So please be sure to check that out. But let's start here. 2019, right? His first year in the league uh i love the jonah williams pick jonah williams a lot of people forget was pretty much considered the number one uh, offensive line prospect in that draft there were some concerns about the arm length and things like that jonah williams i think obviously was a great pick round two you guys kind of know if you've been following me for a while how i feel about drew sample i felt like that pick was a reach just because of who was on the board them trading down And the fact that Drew Sample hasn't emerged, Uh, we just saw the Bengals have to go out and get Hayden Hurst because Drew Sample is more of a blocking tight end. He's not really um, a threat like that in the receiving game. That's not to say that he can't be that, but he has not demonstrated that and has not lived up to that round two billing. Jermaine Pratt, I think, has exceeded expectations. Not to say that anyone thought that Jermaine wasn't good, but I think the way that he played last year, especially in that Raiders game, I think he put a lot of people on notice. I think he's kind of uh, trending upwards Um, next to Logan Wilson, who was in the next draft. Uh, You talk about Ryan Philly. That's a wash. You talk about Michael Jordan. That's a wash. Um, So looking at this, Rodney Anderson, some guys we got excited about. Travion Williams, another guy that's still on the roster. So like when I look at this draft, I kind of look at it as it was still a solid draft. Um, there are some guys that didn't make the roster, some guys that are still in the NFL. So that means that they were at least able to, to latch on somewhere. Some guys not in the NFL anymore. Uh, so for me, the fact that they got Jonah, Jermaine, um, they got a reserve running back and Trevion, Michael Jordan still in the league right now. I think that that was a solid draft. Not the best draft, a solid draft. 2020, I think, is where they obviously hit the... Hit a home run in the draft. You talk about Joe Burrow, which is a no brainer layup pick, but you got to think about it at the time. There were teams that had Herbert there. There were teams that had Tua. You saw the Dolphins go after Tua when they probably should have gone after Herbert. Joe Burrow has lived up to the billing as a number one pick had a slam dunk in the second round with C. Higgins. Some people wanted them to take Denzel Mims. I was not in that crowd. T. Higgins has obviously emerged as well. Um, It has become a great second receiver, in my opinion. He's in the top 10. Debate with your mammy. That's just how I feel. Then you got Logan Wilson. So that's three straight guys that you hit on in that draft. Um, So for me... Those guys are very good. That's a very good draft. You also have Akeem Davis Gaither, who's still on the roster, could emerge somehow this season after uh, having his season cut short due to injury. Then you got Khalid Kareem, my guy. I still think that he's got a lot left in the tank to show. I think he's flashed a lot. I really am high on Khalid Kareem. So I think that he's a guy that still has um, some potential to show, especially when we saw him last season. During the preseason, that Miami game, yeah, bro. He was he was kind of turned in that game. Don't forget the Broncos game. He also had that uh big game and performance that, that kind of impacted that game. Then you got Hakeem Adenergy, um, who's also on the roster, good reserve guard or tackle. So he has uh, definitely got some playing time. They've got a lot of snaps. Out of this class, like when you look at 2019 in comparison to 2020, 2020 is head and shoulders better, I think, than that class overall, because all of these guys are still on the roster, right? Marcus Bailey, he had some uh, some uh, plays in here and there last year, so... When I look at that draft, I really see a very solid draft in the Zach Taylor era. Then you get to 2021. This is just the previous year. Obviously, they knocked that out of the park with Jamar Chase. Jackson Carmen is looking to take a big role this year uh, at that left guard position. So I think there is some question marks, but I'm pretty confident on Jackson Carmen. I think that he can really do some things. He showed some things in the run game. Didn't give up any sacks. I know people are going to say it was... It wasn't a huge sample size. It wasn't about a thousand snaps, but when he was in, I feel like he showed up. Joseph Osai, this was a guy that looked like a top 10 pick. In the preseason, I think that he can really uh, improve on that and and really is going to be huge for this team this upcoming season. You talk about Cam Sample. This was a guy that flew under the radar, really contributed to the defensive line, really has carved out a role. I think he's going to be competing with Khalid Kareem this season for snaps. I'm not sure if they're going to use him inside or not. Tyler Shelvin, we haven't seen much of because we have so many nose tackles. Um, It's a big year, I think, for him to kind of step up and have a role there. Deontay Smith is another guy who really flashed at the guard position. Uh, Kind of a prospect kind of guy, but still has shown flashes that I think this dude Potentially could be a starter shortly. Like if it comes around and the Jonah deal is too much for them, Deontay Smith I think is a guy that they potentially look at. Evan McPherson, you could make a case that this guy was the second best rookie after Jamar Chase uh, on this draft class. Obviously, did his thing last year, sent the Bengals to the playoffs with his foot. Uh, then you got Trey Hill, you got Chris Evans, who I'm huge, hugely high on, especially wanting to see how they're going to use him this season. Then you got Wyatt Hubert, who we didn't get to see because he had the injuries. And then 2022, I really like the draft that they had here. Uh, uh, we've got Jeffrey Gunner. we got Tyson Anderson, Cordell Wilson, Zachary Carter, Cam Taylor-Britt, Daxton Hill. You know what it is. So for me, I think that these drafts, Zach has really put together some very solid drafts um, and things that we can really depend on. They've been kind of the main... Uh, parts of this team. You take those drafts, you take the free agency. And I think that those things together end up bringing this nucleus of the Bengals. And these guys are still in some of their early years. So that means that we're only going to see them get better. We're only going to see them draft more guys and insert them into this nucleus of what they've done with success in the draft and what they've done with uh, guys in free agency. And I think that they've just done a great job in terms of that. Uh, So next, Uh, summertime is coming around. That means that you got to get your teeth fixed. You got to get those pearly whites, especially when you're sitting in a 4K camera. You got to get those teeth right. You got to get those smiles right. If you're missing any teeth, I used to have a missing side tooth at one point. We all lose them. Uh, Please be sure to check out Pierce Dental Group. They're located in downtown Cincinnati in the Fountain Square they do great work over there. This guy's work with Burrow. This guy's work with T, all of these guys. So if you're looking to get some dental work done in Cincinnati, please be sure to check them out. So next, we're going to talk about our Week 5 opponent uh, with this uh, schedule breakdown, and it's the Ravens. It's really been the Ravens. The Ravens, from my perspective, they've had some beef with us, it seems like, this entire offseason. It seems like they haven't really given – the Bengals a lot of credit for beating them uh, twice, not just once, twice. Joe Burrow going into MN- MNT Stadium, uh, setting a record, you know, best passing performance ever in MNT history. Like that's better than Peyton, better than Tom Brady. But they haven't really been given the Bengals uh, that much credit for that win. They claim injuries and things of that nature, and yeah, that's true. Like they've had a lot of guys on the IR and on. Uh, go down and all of that. It's cool, but let's just be real if we're being real about the first matchup, right, they were missing their running backs, which in my in my opinion, the system is what makes their running backs not the not the other way around, right? They still finished top five in Russian last year, so let's just start there. The other guy that they were missing in my opinion is Marcus Peters, right. Sure, huge part of that secondary, but they were not without Marlon Humphrey. They were not without any of their safeties. They still had uh, their nickel corner. And so for me, I don't tend to agree with the whole we were injured kind of thing, but that's fine. Let's talk about the strengths. The strength, I think it starts with Lamar Jackson, right? The quarterback, how dynamic he can be. You talk about the Mike Vick comparisons that really remind me a lot of the early 2000s Atlanta Falcons. Like they're set up to really operate within their scrambling quarterback, their run game, and their tight end. Like Algie Crumpler, now Mark Andrews is a far superior tight end to Algie Crumpler. Algie Crumpler was no scrub, but I think when you start with the strengths, it's the run game, and I don't want to say running backs. It's the run game, right? Lamar Jackson and that system uh, that they run there. I think when you talk about the other strength, Mark Andrews, the tight end. uh, The weaknesses, it for me, Is obviously the wide receiver court. They have nothing there. They didn't do anything there in terms of uh, the after Hollywood Brown left. They didn't add anything there. Uh, You know, Rashad Bateman, I love the kid. I thought that at one point I wanted him to be a Bengal when I was on the Sewell team and Sewell train. But uh, Rashad Bateman by himself, without someone to take the top off of a defense, is going to see bracket coverage, is going to see a number one corner. And I'm not saying that the kid can't be good, but he doesn't have a supporting cast. If he goes down or anyone goes down for that wide receiver core, they literally have no one. Uh, So for me, that's a huge weakness for them. The strength, I think, goes back to the secondary. They do get Marcus Peters back. They do get uh, these other guys that they've added into the secondary, you talk about the safety position, you talk about additions that they had in the draft with Kyle. So sure. But the other weakness is they've got a new defensive coordinator. Yes, he was there before. We just don't know what the system is like. They plan to not blitz as much, which is what Wink did and was what ultimately did them in against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So for me, I think that those are some of the weaknesses in uh, the Ravens locker room. And then you talk about the offensive line, like the offensive line could be a weakness for them again, uh, because, yes, they did address it in the draft. However, they didn't really get guys that you feel comfortable with outside of Linderbaum that you could plug in right away. Like if you take Linderbaum out of it and you look at the rest, the other guys are like project guys and and guys that you're not comfortable with. Put it in day one. The offensive line for the Ravens was a serious issue for them last year. That is why they opted to try to put so many resources into fixing it. They're hoping that Ronnie Stanley comes back, which this guy has not played a game in almost one and a half seasons. I think I believe in 2020, he only played six games, didn't play any last year to my knowledge. So that was an issue for them as well. The offensive line, I'm not sold on because Ronnie Stanley number one has to prove that he can stay healthy you have to also prove that Linderbaum can play in that scheme, which he you know, didn't really play in that scheme before. It's a completely different scheme than what he was used to with the zone scheme, which is what the Bengals run. They've got a gap scheme over there. Uh, that's going to be a beast for him to go against guys like DJ Reader and, and guys like that in that scheme. So that's going to be interesting. So yeah, I probably put the line there. But the matchups that I like, uh, DJ Reader versus Tyler Linderbaum. I know a lot of people were in the Linderbaum hive. I understand why, but I love the DJ Reader versus Linderbaum matchup. Uh, You also talk about Lamar Jackson versus Logan Wilson. That got spicy at times last season. I love that matchup. Uh, Lamar Jackson against our defense in general. I feel like the zero look really threw him off last season. Joe Burrow against that Ravens defense. I mean, it's been a lot of chirping. You got to remember, they said that they were putting red dots on Joey B. I think the red dot is going to be on them. Um, And then you also talk about how can we not talk about the Jamar Chase versus Marlon Humphrey. Zim is out here taking pictures with Marlon Humphrey, letting him know about that 200 plus that Chase put on his head. So for us, I think that those are the matchups that we're probably looking at. Uh, But, yeah, it was a great, great uh, matchup, I think, for us on both of those ends. I'm looking forward to seeing it continue. If I had to guess, I would probably expect us to split with the Ravens. However, I don't think that this is a situation where the Bengals should be the ones that are worried about the Ravens. I think it's the other way around, honestly. Uh, but with that being said, let's get into a word from our sponsor, Midwest Best Barbecue. Some of the best wings in the city. Uh, so go ahead, we'll, we'll let them go ahead and take this away. Shout out to Midwest Best Barbecue. Don't forget they also have, other than wings, barbecue. You get your sliders. You get all of your stuff there that you want, the brisket, fries, all kinds of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to them. They're located in Loveland, 669 Justice Court. Uh, and if you're looking for a way to the Ravens game, Fans of Sensi is a way to go. They'll be able to book your travel. All of those expenses, all in one, is super convenient. Check them out, Fans of Sensi. Uh, they could do some great, dope stuff over there. I'm using them for sure. Uh, when I possibly, possibly when I'm coming to the Natty, I think I'm going to go to that first op- home opener against the Squealers since there's been a lot of talk out there in Squealer Country about the Bengals and with them having Larry Ogan Joby now. It did come out today that that deal, as Zim predicted, was about $8 million. Which means they did have more money than anybody else to really be able to, to put an offer on the table. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to see that. Can't wait to see it, especially to see the difference between Kenny Pickett and Joe Burrow, because I'm hearing there's not a difference. There's, there's really not a difference. That is what we heard about that. Uh, but let's talk about the training camp schedule. The rookies are scheduled to report about a month from now, July 23rd. So they will be there several days before the veterans. The veterans will report July 26th. Um, So, you know, it'll be a little bit more of a rev up. I think that we'll get to see uh, more how this offense is going to really dictate itself. You'll actually get to be able to see guys in pads and things like that other than guys in shorts, which really doesn't say much about that. And we'll have to see how this Jesse Bates situation plays itself out. Will he be there Uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to see how those things end up working out. I don't think it's a situation where you should be worried. But for me personally, this is a point in the season where I get kind of excited. I like to hear about what battles are happening in training camp, what things are going on there. So for me, I think it's exciting because you get to see how Joseph Osai is progressing. You get to see how Chris Evans is kind of essentially uh, getting better and how he's going to be utilized. You get to see who's running with the first team, second team. So I've got eyes on Joseph Asad, Dax Hill, uh, just guys that I'm kind of thinking about from that perspective. I'm almost, I'm also interested in the wide receiver position. Like, is this going to be a year where uh, we have Taylor out there? Like, I really want to know who that fourth wide receiver option is. And for me, I think that it's just going to be an interesting time overall. The veterans will be there a few days later. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, But next week, we will be breaking down the Saints. We're going to actually have a special guest, so stay tuned for that. Zim will be back. The whole game will be back next week. If you are listening, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Just type us in and look for the Cincinnati Podcast. If you are following us on the YouTube channel, please be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We truly appreciate that. Our subscribers are growing every day. We're building a great community here and we truly appreciate you guys doing that. Also follow us on Twitter at the Wincinnati pod on Twitter for some pretty dope graphics, pretty dope debate that we do there. We're also going to be on Twitter spaces and things like that. So yeah, uh, let's definitely be sure to uh, hit us up on those. I'm sorry. I was seeing some comments there. Uh, talking about uh, Diddy had some of those G-Funk wings and they were A1 for sure, for sure, bro. Uh, but we appreciate you guys. Definitely be sure to hit Zim up on socials at Zim Hude. Make sure you leave that man a happy birthday before the day is out. But I appreciate you guys for watching and listening. To the Cincinnati podcast. Yes. Sir, Hello, world. We got a special show as always. TJ Hoosier is out of Jimmy Chase, Coach Jimmy Burrow. How bang. do you balance being a professional athlete and family opposition? These are top five famous of all time. All time? Is- yeah Shock the world.